Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. We are in the middle of the fastest moving technology shift in our lifetime. And for the majority of us listening, we live through the birth of the internet. So that's definitely saying something. Here's the good news. It's good news. Truly, I have so much to fill you in on. Join me for my upcoming workshop, The Market Shift. It's so crucial to online businesses that I'm offering it completely for free. No strings attached, just pure actionable insights that will help you navigate the coming changes. But that's not all. If you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get exclusive access to my brand new mini course, The Two-Click Funnel absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I'm running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Join me and prepare your business for the future. Go to bossproject.com shift to register now. If you're hearing this, there's still time. Don't miss out bossproject.com shift. So back in the day, we recorded an entire series on starting your business. And one of the first subjects we talked about was adopting a profit first mentality. Now, here's the thing. I re-looked at that episode and I have so many more things to say because I really think the way Emily and I run our business has dramatically shifted in the last 12 months. And because of that, I just have so many things to say to people who are just getting started. But even if you have an established business, what I think you should be doing differently when it comes to looking at dollar bills yeah in your business well and I'll just call the elephant out in the room we recorded this episode in February of 2018 about adopting a profit first mentality but we didn't honestly really do that (laughs) until 2020 it took two years for us to learn how to do that okay so we're gonna save you that time Yeah. So don't go back and listen to the, I'm not saying that the other one doesn't have value or that we don't say like great tidbits in that series. But if you're really interested in the like rugged, we've been through the trenches, we've, we've (laughs) clawed our way up. This is the version you want. Okay. Uh Uh Because I think some background, any new business, what's the first thing you do? What's the first thing you think about when it comes to dollars? How I can make more of them. Right. I mean, I do. I think, okay, can I sell this thing? Will people pay me for it? How much will they pay me for it? But ultimately, in the back of my head, the thing that's actually like ringing is how much can I make? Like me. Like Mm -hmm. how much can I bring into my family? How much can I take home? If this does really well, can I get that new bedroom set sooner than I was planning on? Like, mm-hmm. will that kitchen reno happen? That's like literally exactly why I started my earring business. <laughs> well, when I when it came to the bunny part where I was just like, if this goes well, can I order like my dream couch in a couple exactly. months? Exactly. And I did. Yeah. Okay. So we all have 
we may not acknowledge them. We may think, oh, it's all about the product or service we're selling. Bulls, no. (laughs) Okay? Why you started your business, more than like, okay, you might be passionate. You might have a thing you like doing. Sure. I'll give you that. But there's something going on in your head thinking, I can make more working for myself. I can have more financial freedom doing this thing myself. I don't know. Something's going on in your head financially. And also, because I agree with all of that, I should have saved this freaking TikTok to send it to you because I'm speaking it out into existence. Hopefully it'll pop back up on my For You page. But it was something about how, and I would love to have this conversation like separately from this, but how millennials are, okay, so like we know it's a running joke for people our age in this age bracket to like find something that they're passionate about and then find out how to make money from it, right? Like none of us actually have hobbies. They're all side businesses. Well, the TikTok was kind of talking about how that's like kind of trauma response for how a lot of us were brought up and taught about like, you need to love your job and you should choose a career that like you love and pays you money and all this stuff. And then when a lot of us graduated college, we were in a recession and those options weren't available to us. So we had to get crafty. Well, we're not necessarily in a zone, like kind of pandemic wise for the economy to have to get crafty. Some of us are. So like, listen to this episode, but that we are still like all of us are going back to that ingrained, like I need to figure out how to make money from this to survive where Sometimes it's not a like, I truly want to have a business and do this. It's like a, oh, I found something that I'm kind of good at. Let me figure out how to make money from it. And that conversation is very interesting to me. Yeah, I I have lots of things to say uh-huh. about that specifically, but I don't think you're wrong. Regardless of why you ultimately started, I think we... If we're going to be successful long term, if we are going to not hate this thing six months into it, if we're we're not going to quit before we got any traction, then we have to have to. I don't care who you are. You can say it's not about the money. Baloney. Okay. We we have to make money. And when I started my business, and I think you would say the same thing, I really thought it was about my sales, my revenue. Like I thought that had a bigger impact on what would happen to me. You know, the more I make, the more I make. Mm -hmm. It's not true. No. The other day when you were talking to me about your margins and you're like, yeah, I I average, I'm not going to say them out because I don't even know if this is public information. (laughs) But, uh, But I was like, what? <laughs> like I just, <laughs> I, I mean, in a good way, yeah. because I know what that means. Yeah. When your margins are higher, yes, and I'm telling you, less. I'm so glad I learned that lesson before you started this. Before I started that business, because I would, I mean, I would have done what everyone else does, right? And mm-hmm. I, here's the funny part, I like still sometimes battle comparisonitis when looking at other businesses thinking they're making so much more than me. They have so much more going out. I'm like, honestly, no, they're literally working more than me. Oh, sure. That doesn't mean they're making more than me. And I think you can read through the lines a lot better than you could a couple of years ago. But 100%. 
But here's how we work backwards on it. Because ultimately, you're like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but like, how do you do it? Okay. And when we say you need to adopt a profit first mentality, I don't mean the book. There's a very popular business book out there called Profit First. Not what I'm talking about. You can read it. There's some good tidbits in there. I think there's there's people who that method works for. Right. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. I just think what you need to pay the most attention to is what money you want to bring home in your life and in your, because, you know, all the decisions you make need to be dependent on that not the other way around. And so when you start out, I started talking about this formula super early on. Yeah. And I thought it was right. Now I'm like, no, it's right. Like yeah. it is such a good formula. It makes it so basic. It's and a it formula really t- I started with earrings too. It takes the like a lot of the questions out of like what you need to work towards mm-hmm. and not that you can't end up ultimately taking more, but I think this gives you a more realistic idea of what you need to create to make what you want to say you're making. Yeah. So here's how it breaks down. I want you to identify what do you need and what do you want? Cause those are two different things, but what do you need in terms of like, Is this meant to support your family financially? Are you trying to pay the mortgage? Are you trying to pay for groceries? Are you just saving for a vacation? Not just. Whatever you're doing is fine. Okay? There is no judgment. You do what you need to do. But then I want you to also identify what do you want? Because sometimes those things are very correlated and sometimes what you want is a lot more and you need to identify are you willing to work hard enough to get to the one stage are you kind of going for something in the middle or do you really just need to focus on your needs first yeah and then work towards something else long term because this is going to be totally dependent on the person some people need an extra 500 and they want an extra 2k But like striving for 500 is probably actually going to slow them down and striving for the 2K. But some people want, I don't know, everybody's different. And the reason why we have you guys start here and get the what you need written down first, totaled up, add in what you want and like truly look at that number. Because one of the biggest lessons I learned early on when we started talking about this formula is that you may say you a quote unquote only need, you know, X amount of money for the year for you to leave that full-time job or for you to pay all of your expenses or for you to whatever, live, right? Thrive. So what does your business need to make in order for you to get that money? They're not the same. No, 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 no. Because okay, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's what the average new business owner does. They either look at what they need or they look at what they want. They ignore one or the other, okay? And then they think, I just need to go make that amount and I'll be good. No. No. (laughs) So it costs money to run a business. Mm -hmm. Taxes are a lot more than you think. And so we need to prepare ourselves mentally and fiscally for that (laughs) responsibility, okay? So... Now that you've kind of like looking at the spectrum of what you need versus what you want, I want you to pick a number that you're like, okay, no, this is the actual number I'm striving as my take home. 
Okay. On a monthly basis. It's way easier to do this on a monthly basis. All you people trying to do it on a yearly basis <laughs> have no idea what you need or want. Okay. Mm-hmm. Breaking it down into 30 days is going to make this way easier. Okay. So once you figure that out, you're going to multiply it times 12. Now this is what you, your goal for take home for the year. Now here's the part that makes people want to vomit in their mouth and run away screaming and crying. What you are actually working towards is double that. Okay. So for, let's do some quick math and I'm just going to make it really easy on myself. Say you need an extra thousand dollars a month. That means you need to take home $12,000 a year. So that would require your business to make at least $24,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Now you can multiply this you see, then 50% profit, right? Right. So that model illustrates you taking home 50% of the earnings and creating a 50%. Well, technically it's you creating a, it's a lot higher than that. It's technically you creating an 80% margin, okay. but only keeping 50 of it okay. percent personally. Yes, yes. Because we have the other, yep, yep. Okay. Because what ends up happening is, okay, so now you have this total budget of what you want your business to make. Now, how does the pie break down? 50% is flagged for your earnings. 30% is flagged for taxes. And 20% is flagged for reinvestment, meaning could be used towards expenses. So the 50 plus the 30, that is what your margin has to be at a small stage for you to earn what you say you want to earn. Now, if you don't have at least an 80% margin up front, you're not going to be able to save enough to pay you and pay for taxes, okay? So it's not saying you have a 50% profit margin. This is saying you have an 80% profit margin, but you are only personally getting paid 50, okay? And this is where people get like, they get really hung up on it because the number they say they want versus what they need to earn is so dramatically different. And the mindset required to get there is different in the like, steps to do the things are different. And I get that. But here's the thing. If you can get over it, I just want you to know that like, there is nothing stopping you. And like, you can have direct competitors, people selling exactly what you're selling. You can have crazy numbers in this stage of the game. And it's not impossible. But you do have to kind of change your mindset around what you're capable of doing. Because if you keep thinking about the end game, you're not going to make enough volume for this to even be a reality for you. I'm interrupting myself to bring you something that could change your business forever. I'm hosting a workshop that's so important. I've made it 100% free for all online businesses. Here's what I can promise you. Inside the market shift, you're going to get the most value-packed 90 minutes you've seen in years. I'm going to share the ecosystem that represents online businesses today. You're going to walk away knowing how to create more predictable income and sustainably scale, regardless of where you're starting today. 
You'll uncover the AI secrets top entrepreneurs use to stay ahead, boost productivity, and secure their future. You'll have the exact equation that's making wealthy people wealthier and be able to steal copy-paste it before it widens the wealth gap any further. When you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get access to my exclusive brand new mini course, the two-click funnel, absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I've been running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Save your seat right now at bossproject.com shift, then share it with a friend. There isn't much time between now and the workshop, so head right now to bossproject.com shift to claim your spot. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So what Abby is trying to break down for you is like, instead of chasing the, the 100K in game with 80% profit, what how can you bring in that 1K this month? Like for you to keep. So you're having to bring in more than 1K, but like, what does it look like on a monthly, quarterly basis for you to scale that up? And oftentimes you might have like a lower first quarter, not necessarily first quarter of the year, but like first quarter of your business, but a little bit higher second quarter, a little bit higher third quarter, so on and so forth. So what does a scale up look like? But at this point, it's just messing with numbers a little bit. And I think if more people started here, it would prevent like kind of the rant. Well, I guess we're doing it our next episode, but of talking of like asking people, what should I charge for this? Or what would you pay for this? You're already going to know exactly what you should charge and, and have someone pay for something if you do this first. Right. Because here's what happens when you establish this number, then it's so easy. It's not necessarily fun. It's not necessarily like sexy, but once you establish what you have to generate overall in your business, then it's really easy for you to come up with your pricing. I think so many people rely on other people, but or they start with their pricing and then hope they reach their goals. Right. And that's not, not that you can't do that. And there's some things where like, you know, this isn't my first rodeo. I've run multiple businesses and multiple arenas. I may start with a price point that's low knowing like I'm working towards something bigger, better long-term. But like if I were trying to make enough to feed my family, the way I would operate is just completely different. So please don't go looking at people who are operating multiple businesses across multiple 
like industries and think, oh, I need to just do what they're doing. No, no, you don't. <laughs> like you need to look at what you need to create personally. And then you need to look at your capacity to do that. Okay. So like if we're talking just that really simple 1K a month personal, 2K a month for the business, are you starting with services? Are you starting with a product? I don't care what you're ultimately selling. How much can you like volumetrically do in a month? Because like Emily with selling a handmade good, her hands can only go so fast. Okay? I can only make so many things. I can only make so many things. But when you're working with services, you can only work with so many clients. You just literally don't have enough hours in the day because you do not account for the time that it takes to market your business, to like sell your thing to the people, to, you know, have time to breathe and feed your family and, right, you know, do nothing. And also think about the future and where you want to go and how you're going to focus on growth. You have to get paid for all of those moments, not just the moment you're working with a client. And realistically speaking, I've said this before, but I'll say it again, the average new business owner who starts with services can work with four to five clients max per month. And that's at full capacity. That's not starting out. A lot of people just start out with one client. There's nothing wrong with that. But how you price your goods and services is going to dramatically depend on what you need to generate, knowing what you can actually do capacity wise. So then this becomes really simple. Okay, well, if I need to generate $2,000 a month, and I can realistically only work with four or five people, then I need to be charging at least $500 per package per client per month. Yep. Okay, well, there's my pricing. What can I do that fits that? Yes, yes. I would rather you work backwards in this sense and then fit to say, okay, if I'm going to charge $500, like what for me is going to help justify that price and make it super valuable. I have my time that I can give. Are there other like fun add-ons that don't cost me like more money or more time? Like what can I put in here? That's an easy add-on. That's exactly the formula I used when I was doing photography when, I mean, it took me a year to stop charging $75 for like shoot and burn. Like, so I made those mistakes when I realized, well, no shit, Sherlock, making $75 per client isn't going to get me anywhere unless I want to work with a thousand clients a year, which you guys know how much I love people. That's not going to happen. So, okay, I need to reevaluate what I'm doing. And so even at that time, I, I didn't know this formula. I didn't work backwards exactly, but I was like, shit. I need to come, I need to be charging way more because I do not have the time and capacity to do this. And I want to be working with different clients. And as soon as I started to literally add more value, add more of an experience Mm -hmm. and charge more. So I got paid more. Guess who was loving life again? Guess who loved what they were doing and offering and worked with amazing people? Yeah. Like it's, the pricing doesn't have to be how like much your joy can be. Yes. To your- like, there is no universal, like you have to work for free for this long or only charge no. this month. If you're much, if you're no. new, like that is not true. No, you get to decide. And if you let the formula decide for you, then it's like someone else is picking your prices. And then you're just having to build packages around it. And I know there's like all these sayings of like, money doesn't buy you happiness. And blah, 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 blah. Uh, yes, it does. Money buys you security. Money, money buys, buys me burritos and burritos make me happy. So <laughs> I mean, I think there's a level of this that we can't ignore. 
Mm-hmm. Here's the big giant caveat. And I feel like this would be an excellent like second part of this conversation. These are the tactics we want you to use when you're just starting your business and needing to start making money, get clients in the door, figure out what to charge and how to pay yourself. This is the mentality for thinking of profit first, right? Chasing constant dollars and revenue goals is not a long-term strategy. No, no. I mean, you can say I want X growth. You can say I want a million dollar business or a hundred thousand dollar business. Or I mean, you can say whatever the flip you want, but that doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't. It does not. And, you know, I think people, like I said, can get really caught up in looking at what other people are doing. And specifically with, you know, this product-based world, okay? I think this model can feel really overwhelming if that is where your head is at. Like, I want to run a product-based business. Guys, I've wanted to run a product-based business for a millennia, okay? All right? And I was too chicken to like make the switch. So like initially I did direct sales and I sold someone else's products. So I didn't have to fulfill anything. And I am, I'm five years into running like a full-time business over a decade of like trying things and failing and, you know, insert here and there, whatever. And only just now am I even remotely comfortable. And I know that the ramp up to get to where I want to go is not going to be easy to make the kind of money I want to make in a product-based business. I will have to make hundreds of sales a day or a month. I'm sorry, hundreds of sales a month or like dozens of sales a day. And I think it took us, oh, I remember the day that I called Emily and I said, I think this is the first week we've made a sale every day. Like, on autopilot. I think this is the first month we made a sale every day. And like just getting to the point where you're making a sale every day is massive. And then like the idea of like, now I want to generate hundreds of sales a month. Like boss project is making hundreds of sales a month, but it took us five years to get to this point. Well, I mean, we're making hundreds of sales a week, I guess. So like, I mean, but still, so I guess what I would ask Emily from your perspective, because I feel like I'm I could get emotional about the product side of things, but if you, would you still steer clear and like, say, even if you want to run a product-based business, you would still say services first, like, or like, so I think honestly, yes, because there is still just so much overhead when it comes to a product-based business that I want you, if this is your first business if you are ready to leave that full-time job or you are just like wanting to, you know, bring a partner home or stay home to teach your babies and like want to have that life, if that is the goal, I would not start with a product-based business. I would still start with services. I would start in a medium to high price range uh-huh. then go high about three to six months in. And I would scale that as quickly as I could. If it was in my heart for physical products, you could shift from that after like you achieved the lifestyle that you're wanting. The only reason I started a physical product business is because I have 
a full-time stable job that pays me that I don't want to leave. I had the creative energy, but it is not something I wish I would have started with at all. Because here's the thing, and this is not to hurt anyone's feelings. This is not to like kill your dreams. Girl, have your dreams. Yeah. Okay. But we want your needs met first and foremost. And I know what it takes to like, I know what it feels like to be so freaking broke. You don't know how you're going to pay your bills. And trust me, in terms of ease, it's going to be so much easier to get four clients than it is literally. You could land a client next week if you started today. Like there's so little that you need. So I feel like, and honestly, like the confidence that you get from making a sale, doesn't matter what you're selling and having people come to you for something, learning customer service, learning how you want to handle, you know, social media comments or how to even use social media. Like I would rather you learn everything you can, not everything, but like a lot about business and get paid, like get paid to go to like your own version of business school. And then you can launch the planner, the cups, the shirts, the earrings, the baskets, the textiles, the whatever it is, right? I'm not saying don't do that. But I think so many of us put us in this self-induced imposter syndrome or feeling shitty about the results that we're not getting when you could have built yourself up confidence-wise, money-wise, business-wise, Rolodex-wise, by doing offering something else like a service first. Well, and this it's not to say that like there isn't ways to like experiment or there isn't ways to like run the thing at the same time. Because here's the thing: like, say you do love your job, say you don't want to leave, say you're cool with, or I know some people are like luxury, like that would be so nice. But like, I know some of you are in marriages where like you doing whatever you want, right? The income is extra; it's not required, right? That changes everything because you having your needs met is like, I don't know, Emily and I have been broke enough that like we're living off the system. Okay. <laughs> so like yeah, I frozen, just like frozen bean burrito with my mom for dinner. Men right. many, many nights. <laughs> I shared a dollar sandwich uh-huh. at McDonald's for yeah. years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So Let's like <laughs> frozen pizza and eat part of it for dinner, some of it for breakfast, and then if there's any leftover, we can do lunch and then half of a frozen bean burrito. Great. Yeah. Okay. So like I didn't put top until I was like 15. You <laughs> this is just us coming from a place of like we want you to thrive and we want you to see success. And I want you to get there as quickly as possible and not like anyway. Okay, so now here's the thing that you're going to run into. If you've bought into all this to this point, which, trust me, I really don't think there's anything to buy into. This is just, we've tried all the shit. Failed the entire episode was a secret pyramid scheme. You guys are in it now. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Okay, so like we've tried enough things where like we know this is what is required. Well, how do you continue to stay top of mind with all of this? Do your margins change over time? Does your margins dramatically depend on the kind of business you're running and how you serve your clients or customers? A hundred percent. I'm not what you won't know what that is unless you're looking at your numbers every single month. 
Don't be deterred with your head in the sand. Right. And so you have to identify, okay, do this to get you off the ground. Once you're consistently making enough that you are paying yourself that need number, then we can look at, do you want to increase your expenses to scale? Do you want to increase your expenses because you just want to do less? Do you want to like play around with the numbers to meet a new goal? Sure. All of those things can happen. But what I want you to not get sucked into, and I do think it's kind of fading off. Maybe it's just that I'm not paying attention to it anymore. I'm not really sure. But at least when we started business, I swear every business guru and their brother and their sister and their friends were all talking about these ridiculous revenue sexy goals. And they had no place in like reality. They were just sort of like, what do you dream of? And like, what Wouldn't do you be great to make, make six figures on a Tuesday just because you can? And it's like, oh, these amazing, sexy fucking launches. And it's just like, stop it. Stop. <laughs> like, like, don't get sucked into it. I think it's easy to want to be better than Joe Schmo and like the guy down the street and the person time. you do as a competitor. But who cares? I know, I know so many people that are so much happier going back and working for other people. Yes. Yes. I I know people that are happier Why, girl? purposely keeping their business smaller. Yes. I know people who are happier, who have become more management, and they don't do anything that they originally started their business doing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. It's almost like the amount of money we make past meeting our basic essential needs isn't the thing that actually fulfills us and makes us happy, but how we're oh, living shocking. our lives. What a concept. I know. Okay. So, like... There's this big shift that happens that I think a lot of people just don't pay attention to. But once your needs are met, everything changes. And I think what happened for both Emily and I is we hit a point a couple years into business and we had friends who were living in other parts of the country with other circumstances. Our needs were met really quickly early on because of where we live and our lifestyles. Right. And their needs were nowhere near met, okay? And so the amount they had to generate to get to the same lifestyle that we already had, completely different, completely different. And I think what happened is, at least for me, I got sucked into like their reality. Yeah, when you had it. No, I already had exactly my life. Constantly chasing something before stopping for one second and looking around and realizing, I already have that. Thanks. Next. Right. I know early on it was like, you know, I just want to be able to afford my house and eat out when I want and go to Target and like, you know, spend Yeah, not stress about dollar bills. And then, you know, I sure I had dreams of like my bigger house and my bigger yard and blah, blah, blah. Guess what, guys? When you meet your needs and you work towards the goal, those things just happen. Like I, I remember my, one of my first, and I think I've mentioned this before, but one of my first basic needs, you know, because 
I'm lucky in that I have a partner who truly, if I didn't want to work, we wouldn't be able to live in this house. We wouldn't no. be able to have this couch I'm sitting on. But if I did not want to work, I wouldn't have to. I physically could not work. Like I just can't not. Like that's just not a thing. I'd be so bored. Oh my God. What would I and do? depressed. So depressed. So depressed. So whatever. We have that circumstance. However, there was a time very early on in our marriage when that wasn't true And I would stress, legitimately stress, if we needed both toilet paper and paper towels at the same time, because you buy those in like bundles and they're expensive, Mm -hmm. they're expensive. And for me then, even still now, I'm like, why is this the price of toilet paper? Like still, I'm still that person, but I'm just like, okay, we can stretch this rag or whatever, you know, because you always need toilet paper if that's what you're actually out of. But it would like stress me out if I had to get those both in the same grocery purchase. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's funny when you spend enough of your life worried that you're not going to meet your needs, you you do change parts of your lifestyle. Like I went to Price Chopper the other day. I'm sure this is a Midwest brand. I'm sure it's not everywhere, but like, I would not say this is like bougie Whole Foods. No, 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 it's not. (laughs) And it's also not like discount. Okay. Right. It's like a normal grocery store. grocery store. I was like, why is this so expensive? Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I still shop at Aldi. I don't care how much oh, money you make. The best. Uh, like I can get my groceries for sometimes a third what I would pay yeah. at the quote normal but grocery here's, store. Here's where I will spend my money though. I yeah. haven't, and this is just my thing. It's different for other people. I haven't been in a grocery store in probably like eight months. I realized I don't like doing it. It takes up so much time when I'd rather be doing something else. So I pay someone now, like through an app, I will pay more for groceries because I'm tipping someone than to go into the store. That's what I would rather spend my money on. Again, time, money, value, situation. It's different for every aspect of different parts of my life. Love it. Well, and that's the thing is I think sometimes there's this like artificial thought of, okay, if I meet my needs or if I hit my want number, that like all of these areas of your life will change like simultaneously. Like I would say more than likely, and maybe this is just like a trauma response because <laughs> and I have both been so broke, but I think there was a point of like, it really took a lot for us to change our lifestyle at all. Because it implied more risk. Well, it was still living in the space of like, oh, we can't afford that. So like not even considering it. Right. Totally. And I still do that sometimes when it's like, it doesn't really matter. If you wanted to, like you could, you know, uh, allocate money or do whatever. But yeah. Right. Right. But that's the game I played my entire life is like quite literally when I was younger, it was okay, well, we owe this much on the electricity bill. If I pay this much, it'll stay on, which means we won't do water. But if I pay it by this day, it will stay on. So which means, okay, we're going to have to do a bean burritos for like one more week. Like those were conversations I was having with my mom growing up every day, every week. And so it is hard. It is very difficult to come out of that thought process thinking cycle as an adult, even if your financial situation has changed, I still, I like, I still find myself doing that with Brian where I'm like, okay, so we want to do this thing. So that means we need to like move money for here. And then maybe for the next month, if we don't do this, or should I cancel this membership for like, and he's like, no, oh my God, like, here's how we're going to figure it out. 
but my brain automatically goes to like, if this is a yes, then that means there are no's. So uh-huh. we need to plan for those. Right. And so I think another big part of running a business with a profit first mentality is you have to, yes, meet your needs, but you also to like take it to the next level. I think you have to address what your personal value is. Like you have to feel worthy of those sales and like, because I would be easy to say it's all a numbers game. No, it's not. Like you can a hundred percent prevent yourself from moving to the next level. And oh, yeah. we did. It might be <laughs> sub- completely we subconscious. <laughs> Done it. Been multiple there. times. <laughs> Are we still doing it? Maybe I don't Maybe. know. Only time will tell. <laughs> time will tell for sure. I think some of this is definitely a personal work, but getting back to the numbers, you know, as you start to grow, as your needs are met, then I want you to identify like, what's the next level for you? Because once your needs are met, then like what you're pursuing can change in a really dramatic way. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but you have to continue to check in with yourself because I don't know if this is true for everyone, but at least it was true for me. The what I'm willing to do to get there after my needs were met, way different. Like I was willing to work so hard and do so much to get to a certain point. And then after that, it was like, if I have to work X amount harder, I don't know if it's worth it for the dollars. Well, I think that's a big like realization that a lot of us need to have is truly that conversation of like, what is the hustle mode for you? And then when can that shift? So many of us don't realize that we're needing to shift because you can't stay in that mode forever. It's not fun for anyone. It's not healthy. And so it's okay to be in to meet the needs. And then we need to readdress. And I think the lesson I learned is it doesn't make me less of a driven business owner. No. I drive changes. No. I'm still a CEO. I'm still like running a super successful business. And I think it's easy early on to look at what other people are doing and kind of resent their behavior. I know when I was working in corporate, I would look at what the CEO or the CFO did and I would be so confused. I'd be like, literally, mm-hmm. you're just dicking what around. What are they doing? What? You're, are you golfing again? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. are you doing nothing again? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I just had no appreciation for none. <laughs> so ignorant. Man. I was so frustrated. But I just had no appreciation for what did they do to build the lifestyle to this point so they could operate in their business the way they're operating. Yep. And if you want that same thing, bitch, then go start your own business. So you do. Right. So, you know, yeah, it is easy to look at the way other people show up in the world and be like, oh. And do I think some people are handed it on a silver platter? Totally. Yes. We're not just like y'all, not them. (laughs) Right. So like, I do think there's a lot of people that work really hard for a lot of years of their life so they can get to a point that they don't have to work nearly as hard. Yeah. And that's that's fine. 
So to kind of wrap this up, I just want to review really quickly. What are you going to do to have a profit first mentality? One, you need to identify your wants versus your needs. What is the number that you are striving to take home? That needs to be first. You have to know that number. When you are starting out, your monthly revenue goal is going to be double what you ultimately want to take home. You're going to flag 20% for marketing slash reinvesting expenses in your business, 30% for taxes, and please consult an accountant or a CPA who can help you identify because depending on what else is going on in your financial landscape, you may need to save a lot more for taxes. That's just really going to depend. But for most people starting out, that's a good kind of place to start. And then once you know that number of what you're working towards, what's your capacity? How many clients or customers do you need a month to get to that point? And then we only kind of briefly touched on it, but like, it's okay if your first quarter is for you to make less. Like you don't have to like overnight get to max capacity at the perfect rate and da 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 da. You can choose to ramp up. And I think that's a really healthy place to start. True or false, nearly any service-based business owner can reach six figures in their first 12 months. Oh, true for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're not, it's because you, it's not because you're not working hard enough. It's because you're not charging enough. Boom. Boom. Oh <laughs> yeah. And because here's the thing. I know six figures, you're like $100,000 in sales. Okay. What did I just say? That's you taking home 50000 I mean, that's like today a fairly, I don't actually know what an average entry level job is, but I think that's probably pretty close to an average entry level job because here's the thing you're not even considering and kind of is like a whole nother beast and like a whole nother topic. But okay, we talked about what you need, but like if you are completely self-dependent, you have to pay for your own 401k, your own business taxes, your own health care. So like what you need higher than the average is. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. The average is like 30. I'm looking at per state. I don't know how anyone could live on that. They can't. That's the problem. That's what's wrong with our economy. Raise minimum, minimum age, please. (laughs) So anyway, that's a lot. If you have questions, we're here for you, but know that like focusing on what you need or want is way more efficient, way more realistic than you striving towards some arbitrary sales goal for the end of the year. I'll just add this and then we'll wrap it. I'm looking at ZipRecruiter has a whole like per state for this year. What's the average entry level, hourly wage, weekly wage, monthly wage, and then annual. And for Missouri, it's literally $30,483. So just saying. I don't understand that, but okay. Well, you couldn't afford to live in Kansas City for that price. Maybe in the boonies somewhere, but... Yeah, yeah, in rural areas for sure. But yeah, in Kansas, it's not that much higher because all of these are roughly the same. Like even like higher places to live. Kansas is 27,494. So it's 3K less. And Kansas is so expensive. 
This is bananas to me. New Jersey, where you think maybe it would be high, still only 29K. Maine, 29K. Hawaii, still 30K. 30, it's so expensive in Hawaii. I can't imagine. Colorado, 33K. Do you know how expensive it is to live in Colorado right now? No. God, I hate people so much. Okay, well, that's that. You can just make that money. Be profit first, but then change your hustle mode. That's the lesson I want you to take from today. You got this. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode. Send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.